I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Let's go. Hey. Football. Let's go right now. Oh, let's, uh, the, the YouTube layout looks a little different here. So we've got, let's see, Daklin, yep. me, Judd, and then there's a... Well, why is there's there a, an, a blank well, panel? Well, I don't know. We're, we might have a technical problem. Let me just for sure shout out TCL here, and we'll see if we can fix the the technical problem. Uh, TCL is, we think, a proud sponsor of us at Purple Daily, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com and inspire greatness with TCL. Uh, so I don't know. Is there any way we can... Uh, like fill that gap with something, Let Declan. See. Let me see what I Let's can do. See. Here. What can we use this executive title that Abracadabra football? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Oh my Whoa. 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 It's the Rhino. He's back. Oh my God! It's it's so good to be back. So good to be back, man. That you know what that looks like to me? That looks like a man that can still play guard in the National Football League. Hey, let's talk to Alex. Let's talk to your wife. That. We just need we just no. need four months. Come on, just need four no. months. Dude. Come on, okay, don't do this. Don't do this to me. I can't handle it. Okay? Kirk needs you. I'm too old. Kirk needs a lot of things. Okay, he needs to start coming in on Tuesday too. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't get me started. Now, does that apply? Been. Does that apply on the short week here? Like, does Kirk still take the Tuesday off before a Guys, Thursday game or? A- Tuesday. I told you every Tuesday, regardless of schedule it's tuesday yeah gotta get the kids off school okay it's important gotta uh you know gotta be uh gotta be watching cartoons in the morning big bowl of uh big bowl of breakfast cartoons. Very important big days. bowl of oats big yep. bowl of oats kind of fiber you know one stay regular so by the That's way if cool. you're new here on purple daily alex boone is our 10-year nfl veteran friend he played in the Super Bowl with the 49ers. He played for the Vikings. Loved it in Minnesota so much. He stayed in Minnesota. He is one of us. And he has a brand new podcast also and a YouTube channel. You can find the O-Line Committee on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify, where Alex, Jeremiah Searles are breaking down film. They're talking trash about whoever they want to and generally clowning around. So O-Line Committee on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Uh, you have your own platform to just 
be you, I guess. No, it's great. It's ridiculous. And it's going to be great, especially for the season because of all this new film, which I think we're all excited for. Like, we're sick of watching preseason. It doesn't even mean anything anymore. And it's been so long since you've seen a real fumble and people try to not dive on it. It's just, I'm telling you guys, it's back. And I can't tell you how excited I am and how excited you guys are probably not. Because Mackie, I, we talked about it on the O-line committee. It's Baker Mayfield. How hard could it be? I mean, dude, it was him or Kyle Trask. I mean, you're telling me you couldn't walk out of there with a dub? I mean, how does this now sit like it's one thing for us to sit here and we, we must have picked the record like six different times going back to January. When the schedule comes out the first time you do the record, then when the order of the schedule comes out and then the drive and we in like every single one of us, all three times across the room. It gets dicey in Philadelphia. You got Patrick Mahomes on your schedule, but this is a for sure win in week one, right? You have all off season to yeah. prepare. Um, if you're in that locker room now, like, are you, I mean, Justin Jefferson was sitting on the sidelines just with a blank look on his face as the, the time counted down. So how does this land? Do you think? Not well. I mean, I think this is one of those games where they were probably going in thinking it was going to be a lot easier. I can tell you for a fact that there weren't a lot of people going in saying Baker Mayfield was going to look good enough to beat the Vikings. I mean, and there was times where it falls on the whole team. I mean, there's some of the things, the new scheme on defense that at times where I'm looking at it, I'm like, I think this is going to be a problem right here. And sure enough, the ball goes right there because you're just like, that's it's too voidable. You can't just leave it that wide open. And then on offense, when you're talking about giving up fumbles and turning the ball over and giving the ball away physically to a defender, I mean, this, this is one of those things where it's like ball security is the most important thing you can have in any game. And we always stress that everywhere. And there's like a formula that if you go on the road and you lose the ball this amount of times, the chances of winning are X percent. And if you take away the ball this amount of times, but it's like, in order for the game to become even, I think you have to have one uh, takeaway as an away team. And when you have three right away, it just kind of gives you a different confidence. And you're kind of – the offense is looking at the defense like you stopped them right before the half. Great job. Look at this. We can roll with this. Like it's all these things where it just turns around. It's like there's a lot of people to blame. And it, when you're looking at it, it's just a bad, sour, sour taste. Can we all agree, too, that the Vikings lost that game, that Tampa Bay? I mean, nothing Tampa Bay did. I said, oh, my God, I didn't see this. The Buccaneers are going to be good now. The Buccaneers, uh, the Vikings made, the Vikings dug their own grave here, and that's what bugged me. Like, you have all training camp. You knew the stakes here, Booney, because Philadelphia on Thursday is going to be tough as hell. So, like, right. every, everything. Oh, real tough. Yeah, everything about that loss in a lot of ways bothered me. Because I really felt like the Vikings blew an opportunity. And look, week one is ugly. Week one is because teams, you know, don't hit in training camp much now. Nobody's expecting week one to look great. What you're expecting is if you're supposed to win in week one, that you do win that that game. And there were a lot of things that the Vikings put on film that really bugged me about how they performed. I agree with you. And I think it was all faces. And I think one of the things that showed up was. Are you playing music right now, Booney? No, am I? Someone, someone's got something oh. going. Hold on, hold on. Is that your is so, that your Taylor Swift mix? Your war Taylor so, Swift? Are you a red guy? Or are you a folk? What are my guy? kids' things? I don't know, guys. You know how it is. The kids, <laughs> Mackie. You know how it is. There's kids stuff everywhere. Actually, Phil say. has no has no clue. No, no, I know how it is with Alex. Oh, I don't have my he knows own exactly kids. how it is. Okay. There's always Johnny <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, is there something we don't <laughs> know, Phil? Congratulations. No, 
No. Yes, I've I've been welcomed into Alex's family as yeah. a, a co-parent. Actually, it's great. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. No, uh, I agree with you completely. And I think that one of the biggest things was special teams for me showed up in a big way, and it was they were just not good. And then the offsides that leads to a touchdown that was a field goal. It's one of those things where you're just digging your own grave. And when you don't have good starting field position, it's like, here we go. We're going to get ourselves out of this one. And then you drive all the way down and then you turn the ball over and you're like, okay, all that for nothing. And now we got to start all over. And then you're out of rhythm again because you're getting sacked or the offensive line's not blocking up front. The run game's not going as well as it should be. There was a million things going on that you're just like, guys, something has to come down. Somebody has to grab this at some point and do something. This is the Buccaneers, and this ain't the Tom Brady Buccaneers either, dude. This is the uh, Baker Mayfield Buccaneers. Like, this is not going. He throws the ball so annoying at times because he tries (laughs) to, like, throw a fastball every single time, and I'm like, please, somebody hit him harder. Like, can't watch it I just can't watch it dude and I'm like somebody get to him and that was the other thing was defensively like I get what Brian Flores does the 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 bring eight up the do all that we get all that at the same time when you're doing that and you drop eight that's cool too but when you leave these huge voids at times or you know if you have eight up and you have an off coverage you have all of this green grass for them to do something because even if you do drop it's going to take time for those guys to get there. And at the same time, if all these guys are moving parts and you're trying to get to your spot and things are happening at the same time, like it just creates too much chaos. So I'm looking at this, like you just said, this is a whole team where you're like, Hey, we got to shore all this up by Thursday, Yeah, Thursday against a really good team. Okay. Like this has to be sewn up. That's a big job to do. And that's where you're looking at this. Like, how is Thursday going to go now? Well, oh, the, yeah, I mean, th- this is what, and I I sat here on the, we did a morning uh, live stream every day after Vikings game, nine o'clock on the uh, Purple Daily YouTube channel. And the three turnovers were, the three turnovers literally went from, you would have blown them out by double digits if you don't turn the ball over at the goal line, if you don't get strip sacked. And we'll go over the film of Winfield strip sacking cousins and get your th- uh, take on it. Oh, yeah. I thought Can't I wait. thought there was a lot of good. Like they moved the ball in the air. They ran. They ran a lot of heavier personnel that opened up things in the passing game. A lot of good things. But at the end of the day, they are likely to start zero and two for all the reasons you just said. They're you know, they are underdogs on Thursday. It's a short week. The Eagles just went to the Super Bowl. The Eagles look pretty damn good in New England in Week One too. And so I don't know. I just got over the last forty eight hours, and you tell us they probably went from. This is great. We're going to take a step forward offensively. We got our new defensive coordinator in here. It's a home game week one to like within a week and a half, you might be sitting here 0-2 and Patrick Mahomes is coming up on your schedule. It's just kind of amazing how things can spiral quickly in the first two weeks of the season if you let it like they just did. That fast. I mean, just that fast. And there was times too, and I'm not going to say this as harshly as I should. It was just times where guys just seemed like they were a little bit out of place. Like they didn't see, they didn't look like they didn't know what was going on or they didn't realize the situation at times. And I bring up this one <clears throat> with Ezra. Remember, do you remember the screen where it was like the fake 36 quick screen right away? And it's like, you got to get down and you got to get out. And then all of a sudden, as he's getting out, he's trying to throw a hand. And it was like, listen, you got to know that that, that screen's going to happen quick. And at the same time, you are, your one, two step have to be even faster. And you got to get out there because. The whole game, you're going in saying these two linebackers can go sideline to sideline super fast. 
Like that's what they've been known for. These guys can do a lot of things really quickly. So if you're going to make a play on them, you have to be thinking faster than them and you have to get there faster than them. And that's where the sense of urgency has to show up for me. Booney, why why is the Vikings screen game under Kevin O'Connell like painfully bad? It's it's not just it's not even just yesterday. Like last year it was bad. Tight end slip screens are bad. Running back screens are bad. Is that a product of just bad offensive lines? Is that a product of the quarterback not getting the ball out? Like, what is the what is what's in that stew of why the screen game just cannot work under Kevin O'Connell? I'm going to be honest. Screen games are hard, and Mackie, we've talked about this too before. Like, you have to be really dialed in to be a good screen team. You have to be believable up front. You have to sell it. At the same time, they have to be like wanting to get home right now it's just a, a mixture of the perfect storm and at the same time you have to have a really good back that's really believable in there and when you're doing tight end screens they have to happen really really fast the, the vikings ran one this last week that was really really good and i'm trying to think of who it went to and i can't remember but it was um it, wouldn't have been a, it must have been the hawk and it, it just happened so quick and it's one of those things where if you don't sell it right now it's not believable and at the same time if you don't sell it right now all everybody dropping sees these offensive line turning their backs and starting to run. So they start to figure it out really quickly. And when you have a defense who has linebackers that can move super, super fast, you've got to be on them quicker than you, they want to be. And that's what I was talking about before. Like the sense of urgency has to go way, way up against these guys. So Booney, if, if there's a key uh, there for who's not selling it correctly, why fundamentally it doesn't work from the jump, where does that blame go? I think a lot of it probably goes a little bit on the offensive line just because of when you sell it, you want to, you want to make it believe like that. You, it's really hard to explain when, when they're selling a screen, you want to make it seem like they really beat you naturally. Like you don't want to make it seem like you just set and then you just kind of run out of there. Like they kind of get that sense quickly. You want to make it seem like you have to get in there. And a lot of it is you, we used to short set guys and jump set them to make it seem like we were just completely out of position so that when they did beat us, it was more believable. But then at the same time, you have to have everything behind you selling. You have to have the running back stepping up. You have to have the quarterback looking somebody off. Like there's a lot of pieces that go into this. And at the same time, is the defense blitzing? Are they not blitzing? What's the situation? Are you third down? Are you second down? Like, the mentality of everything now has changed. So you have to be out there trying to sell it as much as you can. It's like a lot of times in the play actions, the coaches used to get on us all the time. Like this isn't believable and this isn't sellable. And it was like, well, who cares? But then as you go down later on the stretch, teams start to see that and they start to go, oh, okay, look, this is exactly what we thought. They're just getting lazier and lazier every time. So you really have to get it, make it believable and have people sell everything out there. I love, since we're already into the meat and potatoes here, into the weeds, I want to dig even deeper here. It's only week one, guys. Oh, my God. I I have a personal. You should not be correcting this much stuff. I'm just going to say it, okay? I'm I'm already irritated. God. Yeah, maybe Ed Ingram can stop slapping the ball out of his quarterback's hands on the. How many many hand slaps did we see? Well, last year it was him stepping on Kirk's feet every other play, I feel like. And now now we're, like, flailing our hands and knocking the ball out, too. Like, what is that? I, mean, uh... I just yelled at my sixth-grade team about spacing. And this, sometimes I feel bad because I yell at these guys. But, Mac, you know I come from talking to college players and NFL guys. So when I go down to them, I'm, like, talking to them. And I'm like, why are our splits so bad? And they're like, Coach, what's a, what's a splits? I'm like, <laughs> God, I forgot you guys are in the sixth grade. All right, listen. Banana splits? What are we talking about? Right? You got to go all the way back. And then I was doing flag. 
with the pre-K on Sunday, oh my God, take it back to zero. Like, this is a football. Does everybody know what a football is? Joey, get over here, Joey. Joey. Dude, it's insane. I'm telling you. But that's the thing. Like, when you have to talk about that in the NFL room, it's a problem. Like, hey, we need to get a little bit more splits. We need to be a little bit more tight when we're running. We can't just flail our hands when we're running out of here. At the same time, like, the quarterback's never really wrong, right? Like, even if it was something that Kirk did, nobody really will ever know. It's always going to fall on the old lineman because if you start to spook the quarterback, it's going to be a huge problem, right? Like, if you start to go to him, like, hey, what were you doing on that one? Did you reverse out wrong something? Or what would you were holding the ball out to it? Then all of a sudden, in his mind, he's like, oh, my God. Did I do something wrong? Instead of just going to the big dumb animal and going, hey, you did it wrong, stupid. Like, they used to come to us all the time. Like, you stepped on the quarterback's foot. And be like, dude, didn't he reverse out the wrong way? And they'd be like, does it matter? You stepped on his foot, stupid. You'd be like, I'm sorry. Totally won't do that. I didn't even do anything wrong. What? Yeah. yeah, Eddie Eddie Ingram probably got that a couple times oh, last year. Guaranteed hey, they got into him. Do you think – so there's a lot of Vikings fans today – uh, and I and I promise we will we're, we're going to look at a featured play on film here in a in a moment. But a lot of Vikings fans are just fed up with the interior offensive line. You know, last year Ezra Cleveland in pass protection, Ezra Cleveland and, and uh, Ed Ingram had the first and second most pressures allowed, whatever. And uh, yesterday during that game, Vikings fans were tweeting at Dalton Reisner, and he was responding to all of them with "I'm ready, I'm waiting, I'd love a phone call." Um, is that like? I guess Did my really? question would be why? Why is he even still available? If he's like a like a like a fate changing offensive lineman, why is he available? You know, week one of the NFL season at age twenty six. But You're not. is that a phone call you'd make at this point? Is he good? I think so I think there's a lot of phone calls getting made today about that. I mean, it's just one of those things where if you start off the season like that, and you had to know going into the season that Todd Bowles is going to run a ton of pressure. I mean, I played against Todd a long time ago when he was with Arizona, and he still runs the same defense the same blitzes the same downs the same distances it never changes like he is the same guy I'm going to throw a ton of things at you a lot of it's going to come from up the middle or inside the tackles because I know that your quarterback can't handle pressure from up the middle I just don't get why this becomes such a problem where all of a sudden you have to start tweeting at people like hey are you available and to <laughs> Dalton you are way better than that you are way better than that to respond oh my phone is waiting I'm waiting for a phone call if you're waiting then wait dude you don't have to tell everybody that you're waiting like we got it I I can't stand that Mac you know how much I hate that I hate do not stuff. do not open up his Twitter feed then because it would no nope. it's like all after <laughs> open it I want to hear your opinions of his responses that that'd be far no, more don't, fun please God you know how I feel about that but at the same time it's like you you go into this game knowing that Todd's going to do what he does right and we know that Vita Vea is who he is and we know that these linebackers are super super fast right like that's some things will never change and when you're not prepared week one after spending the last four weeks completely committed it starts to make a lot of people go what is going on right and it's not like I had a lot of faith going into this season because there are so many other teams that when you look around the league that are doing so many things that are awesome and innovative and they're starting to come around and be like okay this is important we need to start shoring up the offensive line or we need to start getting better running backs or we need to start doing all these things on defense so it's kind of like listen when you go into this season and this is what you look like and I've been seeing the videos and I've been going to a couple of the training camp practices and there's not a lot going in there that's like man things have changed 
it's going to change. It's going to change this year. If anything, I was like, are we sure we wanted to get rid of Dalvin? Are we sure we did? Because if anything, when he's in there, the threat of a fear of what that guy could do, if he ever turned up or if he ever felt the need to turn up, was scary enough. Yeah, Judley. But how do you not – here's what I don't get. How do you have the hubris or mistaken confidence to think that that entire interior of the offensive line is fine? Like, you watched them. You played Ingram every game, every snap, I believe, last year. Yesterday was his 19th game. He's not young at this point. How do you have? How do you not make one change there? I mean, you might decide Cleveland's fine. You might decide Bradbury's fine. <clears throat> Although a bad back, as you know, with alignment scares me and and might bite him in the ass on that. But I don't get how you just bring everybody back, to your point, watch training camp, and say, ah, oh, yeah. It's good enough. And there's no backup plan. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's the problem is that they were hoping that enough of the play action would get them and that enough of this would open up this defense and enough of Justin Jefferson running down the field would have the entire defense chasing him and all these other guys would end up being free. And all of a sudden when that doesn't happen and you're facing pressure and you're turning the ball over, those are the things that you don't account for. And those, those are the moments when you stop and you look back at everybody and you go, Hey, Let's just go back to square one. Let's just start with simple handoffs. Okay? Like, <laughs> literally, they would come to the sideline and look at us and go, okay, we clearly can't throw the ball today, so we're going to run it. And uh, since you guys don't know what's going on, we're going to uh, we're just going to do simple handoffs, okay? So we're going to keep things simple, okay? We're going to do a little 36 mic. We're going to do a little draw. We're going to do a little bit of this. You know what? You guys proved to us that you know what you're doing out there, and we don't need to teach you all this again, and we'll start leveling up. And it's one of those things where now you look at it, and it's like you're playing a team that you should be dominating, in my opinion, that you should have been dominating. You should have been taking advantage of all their blitzing. <clears throat> you should have been taking advantage of everybody being in the box when they were and just spreading them out and being like, hey, let's just make this quick throws. Let's just play into what we know how to do. We'll spread them out. We'll get the ball out quickly. We'll force them off off our back a little bit. We'll get them back there. And then once we do, we'll come back into our game. But instead, you're turning the ball over. You're coming back. You're trying to – you're not converting third downs that you would normally convert. And all of a sudden, it's like, what is this going on right now? Everybody looks a little panicked. The special teams aren't playing well. Defense is starting to give up a little bit. It's just one of those things where it just starts to go down this rabbit hole, and you're like, dude, somebody's got to pull us back to square one. Well, let's uh... – Let's dive into some. We, we, have, we, have, we have one featured play here that we want your take on that we'll make full screen here uh, in a second. And for future weeks, we're going to have even more film. Um, they're, they're, long story short, they're, they're late getting film out and we're early recording here. And so we're going we're gonna to have much more than one play going forward on these trenches episodes. But this was the biggest play of the game. This was first half. Um, according to the analytics websites, which Alex frequents, I know he has several of those on his bookmark page. PFF, this huge was fan. The single <laughs> biggest game-swinging play was Vikings driving, and then uh, Antoine Winfield comes through on a blitz and strip sacks Kirk Cousins. So we're going to get Alex's take on what happened in the trenches <clears throat> on this play here after we shout out our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Do they have higher or lower on how many times your offensive line swats the ball out of your own quarterback's hands? Is that included 
in underdog? It shockingly doesn't, but I can uh, shout out the offensive line for giving me negative seven yards on a Hawkinson prop that made me not hit a parlay <laughs> because he lost seven yards on his last two receptions due to uh, poor screen play executions. But them's are the breaks. Those are the breaks in underdog fantasy. Uh, you can join Underdog Fantasy promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit. You'll get a special pick slip as well. Um, plus, they now have in-game props. So last year was just, you know, between the game when it starts, halftime. Now there's in-game props that you can see on Underdog Fantasy for all the slate of games. Go to Underdog Fantasy, download promo code SCORE. It's in the YouTube comment section. And go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Boom. And also a shout-out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, It's like having a great offensive line for your business. That's what Federated brings. They bring over 100 years of experience in helping business owners maximize their success through risk management tools and resources. Uh, They will not allow you, the quarterback of your business, to be sacked, strip-sacked, embarrassed. Okay, Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Football. All right, Booney. So uh, we'll, I'll run this play once here, and then uh, we'll go back, and you can dissect it from every which way. But this is this is bad. This is this is not good here. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Are we talking about the graininess of the film or are we talking about the actual play? I'm kidding. Blame the CBS cameras. (laughs) Ote, ote. Calm down. All right, listen, here we go. This is a great look, right? This is what everyone's starting to do now. Pay attention, everybody. They got five up, so this is an instant 5-0. Everybody's 5-0-ing this. You have to. This is what they're making you do, and it puts everybody on an island. So Derisaw is on 54. Ezra Cleveland's on number seven. You got Schlotman. I think that's Vita Vea. You got Ed Ingram. I don't know who that is. Yep, and then you got Brian out there. <clears throat> and then so that puts the running back, Ham, which is why Ham's back here, which shout out to Ham. He was out Ham. there a lot, by the way. Yeah. He might have he might have like tied his career high in uh like career snaps yesterday, I feel like. Love they trust they must trust him in pass protection, is why he was which you there. can tell, which is great. He's, that, that's a great quality to be in a running back, something that not a lot of these guys have. But it basically puts him on everybody else coming, right? So it puts so him I'll, on. I'll draw these again for you. Yeah. So. All right, so there's the, the five, worst, there's the, there's worst the five lines I've ever seen. I'm going to teach you how to draw these, but yes. So then that puts him, I think, <laughs> oh, on Levante. You want, the little hat, you want the hats on the things? Is that yeah, what you but want? you would never draw it like that because that would be more of like a run block, right? Like I'm coming. You know, I'm, we I'm didn't watch up. a lot of film in eighth grade football, which is the I'm last time I played. just letting you know. Anyways, <laughs> it puts Ham on, I believe that's Levante David back there, um, right? And so that basically puts your boy Winfield, shout out to his dad, I, Yep, go ahead and draw him up. Yeah, there we go. On number eight. 
So, so, Kirk, so Kirk, Kirk knows it's 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 five on five here with yep. CJ Ham. And by the way, if there's one thing that that I've learned going over film with you last year on Purple Daily and O Line Committee, it's that you protect from the inside out first, right? Always. So, like, Always. so if if linebacker and Winfield are both coming, CJ Ham would pick up starting in the middle. Like his priority would be protect the middle first. Is that correct? Yes, and we'd always, number one, we would always want to block a linebacker before we'd block a safety. Okay. Because if they do, were to say both of them were to get home, who's going to hurt more, right? Like, the linebacker's <laughs> going to murder that quarterback. Keep right? notes it's there, Judd. Linebacker's going to hurt murder. There's going to ah, be a murder. Ah, Death. It's ah. the same thing when it comes to the O-lineman up front. Like, if you have to take the hit off, go for the D-lineman. Why? Because he's probably going to hurt way more. But inside, right there, like you said, we always protect inside out, back to sixth grade football, because the quarterback hates pressure from the inside. Anything from the outside, as we saw, I believe it was in this game, you can escape from outside pressure, right? Like, it's just super, super possible. So this puts this on Kirk, and one of the things he has to know is, well, that we know is that see these two to the left? Well, number one, he's dropping. They're twisting, but he doesn't know in real time that this defensive end is dropping. So technically, Darisaw is coming in to save a life. He's pushing Ezra Cleveland back in, right? He drops into coverage, but you can't ask a quarterback in real time as the ball snapped, hey, did he drop or not? So he doesn't, he should just know right now you're hot. You're hot off Winfield, no matter what. Why? Because we're not going to play this silly guessing game of did he come or did he not? I'm going to assume since he's walked up, he's coming. He's a defensive lineman. Like, I'm not going to go, oh, my gosh. But you need to know that when Winfield comes, it makes you hot somewhere. So where's your hot route? Mm. I don't really see one. By the way, ignore ignore that yellow line. That's uh, Matt Ryan's telestrator that I'm snagging this from. Credit to CBS. But this is this is why this falls on Kirk, and you have to know where your hot route is. And the problem is in this screen, he's looking to his left, and he doesn't that route doesn't become open until he gets hit, which makes me think there is no hot route on this. Yeah, is that a, is that Probably a KOC not. thing, or is is does Kirk need it's to it's to it's check something? Yeah, no. Okay. It, number one, you. I mean, no, am I thinking Antoine Winfield's coming? I no. He's playing it kind of cool over here. Look at him. He's not yeah. topped. He's not paying attention. He's not paying attention. Like going for a walk. Never never go for body language because you just can't rely on that. Guys mess around way too much out there. But the one thing that would tell me as an O-lineman is there's no one topping him. He's not capped. He's not topped. I don't see a safety over him. I don't – whoever he's covering is way out there. And if that middle linebacker – if that middle linebacker is covering out there, something's going crazy. Now, there must be something out there that we don't see right there. What, flashing over in the middle? Yeah. No, number – uh, Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis is over there. Okay. So technically, if I am Kirk, I know right now I something's up. Go back. Right. Hey, we can go, go wide view here, by the way. So you're you're looking at the receiver count at the beginning. So at the top of this play here. So you're saying, there, all right, JJ's covered he here. Is, What's Winfield doing, right? Winfield he is the safety. That's why I'm saying Kirk should yep. know. You should know this. And since now we see the whole picture, and I'm glad you paused it right here, see how he's the safety and he's walked down. Because at first I'm like, wait, where's the safety? He is the safety, silly. Yeah. So he's obviously like, wait a minute. Kirk should be like, why are there two guys now? Would this be weird? No, because it could be a weird bracket coverage. It's third and six. They want to stop the slant. He could just be in here. Like, but you should know safety up. Two guys are probably something's going on. There's too many guys over here. Yep. And as soon as you see him coming, you should be like, I need to get rid of the ball. But as we see here, who's our hot route? 
Yeah, I mean, would it be? I mean, hot routes have to be KJ quick. Osborne, like, but not really. No, he's running he's, around. No, he's not. He's into a route. No, you're Who, in the middle of the field. Who's like, cutting dude, out? You're not. Is that Jordan? Yeah, that's. But once you're once you're once you're hot, coming out around it, here. Here's a dumb question. Wouldn't your hot be in the direction of where the extra defender's coming from? Like, shouldn't there be a hot? Shouldn't JJ be the hot in here somewhere? But Kirk's looking to his left. And he's running a full That's why I said he's looking to his left. And by the time that anyone becomes open, he's already getting hit. So, Booney, on on this play, too, if you are a guard on this team, how surprising or how disturbing is it that Kirk Cousins, who has been in this league for a long time now, doesn't really feel frontal pressure. Like that's always been part part of my thing with Kirk is is his inability to feel pressure in the pocket. And this one's coming right at him to me. I mean, that might be a first or second year problem, but I got to believe a lot of a lot of quarterbacks by this point are dumping the ball off if nothing else or just throwing it out of bounds. I mean, you would think that somebody running right at you at this level, you would understand and you would feel it, but at the same time when you're looking to the left the entire time yeah. It's really hard in real time to be like, did you feel that pressure coming? Did you see this guy who's trying to sneak around down here and sneak through here? Like, no, I didn't at all. Like, but at the same time, you're right. You should have a hot route getting somewhere and you should know this and you should see this. But as soon as he catches that ball, he's looking right to the left. So <clears throat> So just to summarize here, uh, and there's there was a there was other plays where it, it wasn't his fault that things went wrong or whatever, but on this play, this was this was the biggest play of the game. I mean, this this gave the Buccaneers, the football with momentum inside the 30-yard line. Um, it was, Just because the pressure came through an offensive line gap, obviously, it wasn't – this one wasn't at Ingram's fault. This no. one wasn't – C.J. Ham. C.J. Ham picked up the guy he was supposed to. This was just a well-designed, free-running blitzer that the quarterback has to be quicker. Like, is that – that's fair? Pretty much. Pretty much. Or we need to have another route in there that gets us out of trouble faster. Or we need right. to keep – if we're going to keep – a. Like I said, a safety down on Justin Jefferson's side could mean a lot of things, right? But you should have some awareness at the snap what he's doing, especially somebody back off the ball that far. Like, what's going on over here that he's down here? And at the same time, if he's down here, can I throw it to, to J.J. right now? Like, there's so many things going on, but we just saw it. It's not the O-line's fault. It's clearly not Ham's fault. Everybody stood in there. You have to know that something's coming down on you. things just have to change. And that's why it's just one of those kind of sloppy games, just a sloppy, sloppy game. You know, you're not really expecting that at home. You're week one. You're like, man, we're going to come out. We're going to stop these dudes. We're going to have fun. We're going to do what we do. We're going to let them know that Baker's not the real deal. And when it doesn't go that way, you're going in at halftime, like, wait a minute. Yeah. What the hell just happened? And you can't stop the bleeding. And then you can't go back out there and put your foot on the gas like you want to. It's just – Things need to be switched. And it's one of those things where the schedule makers are just so cruel at times and they find the most perfect time to be like, oh, yeah, then you got a real problem. Guess what? Now you got even another problem because you're playing yeah. on Thursday. <laughs> Adversity, baby. It's the entire league. Adversity is the key to this yeah. league. It's what I love about it. Man. How do you handle that's it? So true. So true. And that's, if you don't, that's, that's what makes it fun, right. though, because if you can figure it out, like sometimes being in those pressure situations, it sucks because, you know, you screwed up a lot, like you screwed up a lot. But then you look at it like, hey, guys, we can really go out this. We can change some things. We can put some different film out. We can reestablish who we are against a really, really good team. Both of us had to play tough games in week one. We're both coming off some tough, tough teams. Like, let's just go out, restart all this, 
have some fun. They're coming off a little bit more of an excitement game. So it's like, hey, we got to meet them at their level, which could always be tough on a Thursday because that's that's really what the Thursday game is. And the fact that you're playing it so early is a little bit of a benefit, but it's one of those games where follow me down this rabbit hole. Now that preseason has changed, that last game that everybody just played was really the first game in a very, very long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very sore this week. Yeah. So it's like, while you have the benefit of getting the Thursday night game out of the way right away and being like, we're done with it. You also have the added advantage of just coming off your first game of the entire year. So you're like, Oh my God, my legs feel like jello. My neck hurts. My shoulders hurt. My fingers hurt. Everything hurts. I got to tough this out. Cause normally you have all week to come back and then you're like, man, I feel fresh for week two. But when you're like, Hey, we're going at it right now. We got to fix all these problems at the same time. It's a little bit of a stressor. But yeah. it's also fun. It's why you play the game. It's why we do what we do. It's, it's dude, it's my heart's already pounding for him. Hey, what did I, uh, before we get to Declan fires someone at uh, someone's ass, we're going to bring that segment back here on these trenches episodes. So I was tallying out of curiosity yesterday on, especially on first down, because first down is when you can use whatever personnel grouping you feel comfortable with. It's uh, it's whatever your strength is, right? And last year, the Vikings were predominantly like it was like 70 percent of first downs. They ran 11 personnel in Kevin O'Connell's first season. This year, they go sign Josh Oliver from the Ravens. They, uh, you know, they bring CJ Ham back on like a two or three year contract and they decide. And I haven't done the math on it yet, but it's like it was like two thirds or more. I want to say, like, let's call it two thirds of their first downs were either 12 21 or 13, which is an extra tight end or an extra running back as opposed to a third receiver. And I don't know, like they didn't run the ball very well yesterday, but it did seem to open up some stuff in like play action bootlegs. So my question to you is if this is what they're going to do going forward here, which is we're going to put an extra tight end on the field more often, and we're going to put an extra running back. We're going to be more like the 49ers or some of these teams that run heavier personnel. Do you like that going forward? Even though maybe, you know, they didn't win the game yesterday and they didn't run the ball that well. Absolutely. I think anytime you can put a tight end on the field, it's a, it's a huge advantage, especially when it's somebody like Hawkinson that you can find that can run block and still at the same time pass block. Like it's like a kid, all those guys, like the, the more you can have those guys in the field, the more you stress a defense, the more you try to put them in a, what are we going to play these guys in? Are they going to run it? Are they going to pass it? Are they, what are they going to do? But that's why one of the things that I, I found super interesting and this had nothing to do with it, but just hit my brain was there was a play on defense and we talked about this earlier with Brian Flores, where there was eight guys walked up. And do you remember there was a guy that ran completely free to the quarterback? And he, Baker ended up like sidestepping him or whatever. Yep. But it, it just go. It was talking about we were talking about one of those things about the numbers thing. Remember how we were talking about on our last show? We, they changed the numbers on the defense. Mm-hmm. And the minute you can start changing up the numbers and changing up the personnel on defense, it starts to mess with us. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, who's who out here? It's kind of the same thing on offense. If you have the more tight ends that you have that you can do a lot of things with, the defense is looking at you like, who are these guys? Are they are they route runners this time? Are they run blockers this time? What are they doing? Where are they lining up? What's going on? It's just one of those things that keeps changing and in these uh, in the NFL. And it's super fun if you can figure it out, right? Like all these teams that are going 13 and they're passing out of it. And all of a sudden everyone's like, well, we had our base in, so we weren't expecting to have these pass rushers in there. But then all of a sudden they go into 11 personnel and they have all these rushers in there and they're running the ball. And they're like, what is going on? Are we doing something wrong? Are we not catching on to what's going on? Yeah. And so it's this like chess or checkers and it's super fun, especially when you know what's going on. 
So what gets um, 41 yards on the ground fixed quickly? Because I, I think what, one of the underlying real big surprises to me was that the run game was so ineffective. And, you know, I didn't expect uh, Madison to go crazy by any means, Alex, but I did think that the run game would establish itself more, and it never did really throughout the course of that game. No, and I think a lot of that comes down to the sense of urgency. There was a play down on the goal line that I remember watching that they were – there was a there was a run play, a simple zone. And it's one of those ones where the closer you get to the goal line, the more you have to hone in, the more you have to be like, we want it more than you, because you know they're going to start bearing down and they realize that the field space is running out quickly. So they're going to start trying to make you earn it. And it was a simple zone. And if you pause it, by the time the running back gets to the line, the line's gone nowhere and no one's done anything. No one's coming off the ball. No one's getting any drive. And I understand that they're big, big dudes up front. But at some point, you have to understand the situation. We need to run the ball. We need to take the fight to them. And that was one of the things that when you're watching this game, it just comes back to me as being sloppy. You're being sloppy. You don't understand. It's week one. Your hair should be lit on fire. You have not played a game in nine months. What the hell are you waiting for? You guys know how pissed off I got. Like, I get pissed about this stuff because you're sitting around all year waiting and you're like, I just can't wait. I just can't wait to go out there. And then you go out and there's like no sense of urgency. There's no sense of pride in what you're doing. And those things can be shored up. I don't think that Alexander Madison is a bad running back. I think he's a great running back. I think he's a tough running back. I think he made some plays that were phenomenal. He had that quick screen catch out to the right that he, I mean, there's, those are plays that are awesome. Let's start doing some of that more. That's fun to watch. But at the same time, it's like the run game has to be sufficient this year. No matter what happens, right. when you – we can all do this again, and I'm not even going to do it this year. You know I me. Mean? I'm from Cleveland. I dealt with their problems for too long. And I came here, and last year just broke me forever. And I'll never, ever, ever jump on this. But I'm telling you right now, if mm. you do not shore up the run game early, when it comes to later in the season, you are going to have massive problems. You are not going to do anything. You are not going to go anywhere. Congratulations. You went to the wild card. Anybody can go there. The Houston Texans could go to the wild card this year for all we care. Does it matter what's going to happen? All that matters is that eventually you win something big. And at the end of that, when you turn around and look and you're like, where did we go wrong? Oh, we just never established a run game all year. We just couldn't rely on something fundamentally sound when everyone figured us out. That's a problem. So for me, it's like, you better fix these problems. You better fix them now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, uh, or someone might get their ass. You know, a new LinkedIn profile, Declan. Who are we firing here? We're bringing it back. Yeah. Uh, Declan fired someone's ass <laughs> here on Trenches with Boone. All right. Uh, 
I'm going to do the greatest hits album here for the first edition or re-edition of Dex Fires Someone's Asses. Uh, this is, yeah, my greatest hit. This is the one I come on for the encore after uh, my first set finishes. Because I haven't obviously watched any football in the last nine months. There's been no NFL football. Uh, and it reminded me, can we please, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, can we please move on from the Fox NFL Sunday studio crew that has been there oh, since wow. the dawn of time? No, I want a new <laughs> slate of people. It's the same damn people talking about the same things for 20 years, dude. I can't do it. Fox NFL kickoff. 20 on... years, dude. Some of those dudes have been yes. on for like 30 years. 94. I have, I really have the list here. That. I'm a little baffled myself, but I guess you're right. And and you know what, Deck? I'm going to tell you what. I love all those guys on there, and I, I'm with you. It's hard to watch some of those old guys be like, hey, you did a great thing for a lot of years. right? You were funny, but it's time to move on. But if you notice, if you look around the league, there's been a changing of the guard with the quarterbacks. Like All these new young quarterbacks are coming yeah. up. Pat Mahomes is now becoming some the old Tom Brady-esque where he kind of led everybody, right? So now you kind of got to let the broadcasters follow him with them. You know, like, hey, guys, thanks for everything you did, but we're going to start bringing in some new, fresh blood, funny wow. guys. Uh, hey, Deck, I'm with you, dude. Dude, wow, Booney's like, uh, firing. Booney's firing good. Howie Long right now. Just Howie, I love you. Would never, would never do that to you. I'm just, I'm saying it's one of those things where generationally I see it. I agree because when I talk to my sixth grade team, I try to talk about guys that I know, and they're like, "Who? The <laughs> guy with the Broncos? The, who's that? Yeah, like, Frank, oh Frank God. Gore, kids. Let's Remember talk the about the 1984 Super Bowl, like, you punks. Frank Gore." Guys, I said Frank Gore, and these kids on the sixth grade looked at me like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's not Who even that Frank long Gore? ago, yeah. right? I go, guys, he's like 16,000 yards. But like Are, Fox. Do you know who like the number three is? Fox <laughs> NFL kickoff, the morning show before the noon slate starts. That's a good show. It's got new people on it. It's got fresh young blood on it. Like it's it's a nice, more upbeat and more with the time show. Fox NFL Sunday has Terry Bradshaw has been there since 94. Howie Long's been there since 94. Jimmy Johnson started in 94 before coming back in 02. Kurt Menefee has been there since like the mid 2000s. It's time for a fresh slate, man. You I know what the problem else. is? Here's what the problem is. A lot of these guys who played in like the, for sure the 70s, 80s, and even like early 90s, they make good money relative to the, to the human population, but they weren't making like life-changing like generational money as football players. And so right. they went in and they were, you know, it was like, I need a second career to, to make more money. Tom Brady made like literally made like a quarter of a, no, more than that. Probably he probably made like $300 million playing football. I think it was 330 million. Yeah. They don't need these jobs. Like guys, 20 or 30 years one ago. for Fox for 375 and has yeah. not done it yet. Cause he's like, I don't know if I, don't I really want to do yeah. that. You know, guys, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I Honestly, I don't think he will. Pre-game shows, pre-game shows now should be completely reworked. They're not necessary in their current incarnation. What would you do then? Well, first of all, the only stuff that I care about is information stuff, like about injuries or 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 reckless speculation, which they used to get more of. Schefter used to Schefter used to piss people off. Now he won't do it. 
I would. So you'd, you'd put like Jay Glazer in a hot tub for an hour, just and just tell me what the hell is going on. Yeah, tell me what's coming tell me up. Who on your hates phone. who? What are you getting about? Who's Glazer fighting? That the that Kevin two. O'Connell and Kirk Cousins on Monday in the facility in, in in the quiet of TCO got into a shouting match. That's what I want. Where I, did the schism thing come from? That one time that who was reported from that the Vikings had was, a schism. It was Schefter because of. Uh, supposedly, he was told that Brett Favre being put in the locker room caused a schism because there were Vikings who desperately thought Tavares Jackson should start. God rest his soul. Uh, but that's when Schefter would report stuff that pissed off teams. Now yeah. he's done with that. I want yeah. more juicy gossip. It won't. Mm. It won't happen because you know that once they find out who's leaking everything, it's going to be a big problem. There's no. That's not. That's why. Wow, dude! You that's guys just fired Terry. Sorry. You guys, you, and you guys, like Booney you, Booney. and Declan. Hey, hey, firing Declan Terry fired Declan fired him. I was just sitting at the table, like, sorry. Yeah, guys, you hand him the I pink slips. Done. You hand him. You hand him their no, slips. No, I man. did not. I'm firing. Yeah, who's who's knocking on Michael Strahan's door? That's he that's backed what I off know. completely. You know that show, the Fox show, has been around since 1994, and like Declan kind of went through it. Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long have always been on it since 1994. Jimmy Johnson's been on it two different stints for like 90% of the years. Barry Switzer was on that show for one year before Michael Strahan took his spot. Barry Switzer. Sure, he was awesome. And now we don't even have a comedic foil guy. We had Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, Frank Caliendo, and Rob, Rob Riggle. Now we good. I hate that. I love Judd. Judd doesn't want to be entertained or laugh. He just, Rob I just want to. I want the information. Jimmy Kimmel was Give me the information. Give me the scoops. <laughs> Give me the gossip. Give me who's dating whom and what Never coach happened. hates what quarterback. Who's dating whom? That's all I want. TMZ. Joe, Burrow getting, Joe Burrow's engaged and the women of Cincinnati are not happy about it. Coming up next on Fox NFL Sunday. <laughs> they need to have a turnaround, too. We'll see. Yeah, they do. Well, a lot of teams, a lot of teams need to turn around this week. Yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of flush it and move on from week one here. So, well, Booney, any, uh, any other final thoughts from you here on the, the rebirth of trenches on Purple no. Daily? Boone's going to have more on his podcast, O Line Committee, uh, around the NFL film breakdowns, takes, fat guy fantasy draft, etc. So, yes, no, it'll be yeah. great, and we'll this this year we'll have a lot more film too. I hope break a yes. lot more things down. We may need to do – we'd love for these Trenches episodes to be, like, largely film. So we may need to get our people together here and figure out uh, How we a way some. to make that happen uh, in a timely manner here. So we'll, our we'll people will talk to your people, and then they can talk to other people. And Stick we'll figures. Figure. Let me know. Stick figures is next, Booney. Draw them up. Bring them Maybe to the table. Judd draws a We're stick figure. Judd, better than There's that. There's Kirk Cousins right there. <laughs> you know, hey, Judd, real quick. If you're Kirk Cousins, maybe you want to go play the lottery here and have better better chances than uh, than staying upright yesterday. If he wanted to go oh, uh, play yeah. the lottery, where should, where should he go? I'm going lottery. to tell you exactly what now because the Vikings lottery scratch game is the official scratch game of the team, and you could win up to $100,000 or second chance prizes, including season tickets or an away trip. That's officially exciting. Minnesota Lottery, just say I'm in, must be 18 or older to play. Even if the Vikings didn't win, you can with a Vikings scratch game. Awesome, man. Booney, we love you. We're happy to have it's you back. Great to be back, guys. It's going to be a fun year. Or not. And either way, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun hey, to break it down is, with you. There's that negativity. That's why I'm <laughs> here. I can't. 
Listen, come on. We got we'll come on. So we got three more sleeps. One more football game this hey, week. We need you in Philadelphia Thursday night, quick starting at right boys. guard. That's what we need from Alex Boone. Listen, quick turnaround. We wash our mouths out with that. We turn around. We fix these problems. We come out. We bring the fight to them. You guys get the weekend off. Give you the weekend off. You win this game. You lose. You're back Saturday. You're back yeah. Saturday. Full pads, two a day on Saturday. Full pads, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> We're back well, camps. Tuesday for most, but but you know, but not for Kirky Boy. All right, that's a wrap. <laughs> Trenches with Boone here on Purple Daily. Click that subscribe button, the like button on the uh, Scorner and uh, Purple Daily YouTube channels. We'll see you guys later.